as we begin our retreat in silence. It's a good time to invite ourselves to a new sense of this silence, a sense of arriving kind of a home. Not only can the body release the trials or tensions of travel and arranging things, but the mind can do the same. The body does it through stillness and the mind through silence. So I invite you to a sense of arrival. The body is sitting here now, just like this. One can feel the shape of the body, the form of the body. A sense of hereness, of where the body is. You might just ask yourself, where is here? Can you feel here? not by force, by invitation, an invitation to hear, to arrival. Here, doesn't mean that in this place, in this body, in this mind, that there isn't jet lag or agitation or soreness. Here is just like this. One moment peaceful, one moment not, but both moments just here, just like this.
body tells us it's here with the various sensations, the touching of the world, the body touching itself even. And the mind is the same way. The mind says, oh, here's this awareness, that which is being touched, that which is knowing. <coughs> it's just as simple as the touch of the body, knowing the touch of the body, knowing the touch of the mind. This is the sense of here, the sense of home, kind of a home base. A breathing out. Breathing out on arrival. The Buddha spoke of setting aside worry and grief for the world. You're invited to gain a sense of this sensitivity of this body, sensitivity to touch of the cushion and the clothing and the air. the sensitivity of the ears to these sounds, this talking. The sensitivity of the mind to the thoughts that it makes.
and perhaps if you feel inspired to inquire further, you might, if you want to, open your eyes and notice the sensitivity of the eyes where light touches the eyes and objects are seen. The sensitivity of the eyes. Still here, still on arrival. Still simply known. And the sensitivity of the ears to the sound continues the sensitivity of the body, the mind, continues. And I'd like to invite you another step forward gently and perhaps if you care to, you could look at me and notice the sensitivity, the particular sensitivity to another human being. How in the moment there's this visual contact, this auditory contact, and what is contacted is another human being that the whole organism vibrates with that. Just see for yourself what happens when there's this relational contact. The particular sensitivity of the human organism to other humans. to this network that we're so immersed in that we take it for granted. Knowing with this very simple mindfulness, a very gentle and kind mindfulness, knowing the way we vibrate upon contact. It's just part of how it works. It's built in. Everything from the softest moment of the mother and the baby touching to the magnificence of culture to the pain and joy of lifetime friendships spousal relationships, partner relationships, it's all built on this sensitivity, all of it. 
the whole of what we call the human race. And this too can be known by mindfulness. This too is part of our binding and it's part of our unbinding. And how beautiful to enter it from the silence. We're entering into a meditation retreat where we practice coming home, coming home to awareness, coming home to the here and now of the body-mind. Calming down, gathering the mind, bringing energy to practice, investigation. In silence and individually, and in speaking and listening relationally. And we're held in our retreat with the essential reminder of noble silence all the time, day and night, unbroken silence, except when we're in meditation, in dialogue together. Right? Tremendous support. for continuing to develop the mindfulness, develop the concentration, and interrupt the habits of self-formation and speech and relationship that come up when we're out of practice and we may not yet have learned to see how quickly we inhabit the mind, the heart of stress and fear and so on that arises in this contact. So the invitation to noble silence is a a gift, a protection for all of us. I encourage you to offer yourself that gift and remember that if you're really moved to, let's say, if you have a roommate and you want to just say a few things, that in addition to interrupting your own practice, you're interrupting his or hers. And do you really want to do that? 
right? So, when you come into insight dialogue and you can meet from the simplicity of the moment of contact, of course you'll have a chance to see the coming forward of all of the constructs of self and the habits. Some things fall away slowly. So better to let the mind, the heart, the body be prepared and held in the silence. It's exactly the kind of sensitivity that one develops when the mind becomes awake, mindful, as the mind gets more concentrated, stable. This is the sensitivity in traditional retreat that is supported by sila, by morality, by care. I think it's worth pointing out that sila, morality, is a relational construct. It's something that exists because we're not the only ones on the planet. If we were the the only ones on the planet, there would be no others to harm or steal from. If we got intoxicated, it's our problem. There's no one to kill. It's because there's other people and other creatures that Sila really matters. So you can imagine in a relational meditation retreat that sense of safety, of care, is always in front of us. Now, it's unlikely you're going to be killing each other, but it's possible that there could be, let's say, uh, sexual urges that are aroused in a situation that is a celibate situation. But the real question, the real question of sila here when it comes to sexuality is, do these energies or urges Are they known? And can they be known as the tension of the, you know, natural urges of the body and the conditioned urges of the mind? And then to not act on those in a way that harms others. So, for example, if there's a person uh, that you feel attracted to, and you're in the practice where you say, oh, I'm speaking the truth, I think I'm just going to say that, you might consider what that does to his or her sense of safety or any sense of being objectified. Right? And you could understand that the sila then is a gift of safety, a gift of peace. So if that urge arises in you, then it's good work. Go ahead, do the work. But because there's speaking and not silence, 
we have this extra thing that needs to be said that wouldn't be said need, needed theoretically in a silent retreat, which is don't speak that. Work with it internally in your practice. And clearly, if we're going to be speaking in meditation, then the ethical guidance associated with speech would logically make sense here, wouldn't it? This will come up. On a traditional retreat, the correct speech is just silence. It's, it's that simple. But here, am I lying? Am I speaking idly? Am I speaking harshly? And when the mind becomes sensitive in meditation, speaking harshly could be something as simple as giving advice. You know, let me tell you what you should do with your life. You've told me, you know, you've, you've shared something with me, but I have an answer for you. It's a funny little thing, but it separates you out. And right in between speaking ethically, right speech, and not stealing is an interesting thing. If you speak to me, you share something with me in the, you know, um, container of our Pairing, you and I are in practice. And I take that and I speak it elsewhere. I've stolen it from this very special moment, to some extent from you, but also from us. And I have uh, handled it inappropriately. So here, each time we meet in practice is a confidential meeting. And if there's a group of three, that's confidential. And if when you leave the retreat, this whole, you know, the specific stories of other people are not to be stolen or misappropriated, it's confidential provides, again, sila, safety, the giving of safety, the generosity, the gift of safety. So, it's going to make sense, and of course, you're welcome to share your experiences when you go home, but not to identify anyone in any story that you tell, right? I'm not too worried about intoxicants on this retreat, although 
a lot of attention is given to coffee, I've noticed, but you can deal with that. So, I'd like to just at least visually get some feedback from you. Do you understand what I'm saying? And can you agree to confidentiality, to giving safety, to standing in the ethical quality of our practice together? Okay. Thank you. If there's any questions or problems I'd like to invite you to leave me a note. I'm really happy to talk to you about it and support you in having this make sense because it's foundational. Okay? another act of generosity. When we're together in practice, sometimes the practice will be, we're all here and I'll invite any reflections or observations about your practice so that we can learn from each other, not just from what I say. And the generosity here is to help those who have difficulty hearing to hear you. If you could keep that in mind, I'll try to remind you. But I'm specifically asking any people who may have difficulty hearing, when you can't hear, please let us know. That's an act of generosity so we can relax and know it's working out because we care. Over the first few days of our retreat together, I'll be gradually introducing the Insight Dialogue meditation instructions and giving us plenty of time to practice them and you know, give, them, give each one attention. And of course, ultimately, they all work together and in some sense they disappear just to be called up as needed Right? So, um, if there's things that you don't understand, it really helps to ask. I'm asking you to ask. If I've given instructions to the room and there's something you don't understand because I'm about to ring the bell and invite you into Insight Dialogue and you have no idea what I'm talking about or something wasn't clear, I'm, I'm a fallible being. I, you know, I might make something, it might be vague. If I see lots of hands go up, I'll say, oops, and I'll, I'll backtrack and I'll try to clarify for everyone. But if I see just one or two hands go up, I'll start the practice, then I'll come over to you. So let's say you're sitting with someone, 
just go ahead and raise your hand. Just, I'll see you. And I'll come over once others are start, have started their practice. And also, if there's some sort of difficulty that you just can't quite navigate through when you're in practice and you feel like right in the middle of something, like I don't get it or we don't seem to think the same thing about practice right now, what are we doing, this kind of thing, just raise your hand and if I'm not out getting a drink of water or something, I'll come right over. So. Good. I was going to say something as we begin our practice, before we begin our practice, I mean, about why we're doing this, something like that, and really see if we can place it in the context of a path of awakening. Right now, that feels like it would be and not as alive as you're investigating it in practice with each other. And the contemplation will invite us into this. And that way, on our first evening, we can at least begin to touch what it's like to sit with another and meditate, okay? Good.